Hey, 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 what up, no, yo? No, 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 you gotta sing the song. <laughs> hey, 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 what up, yo? Wait, how's the song go? Do, 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 do. Old Town Road. No, gross. Wait, do it again. Stop drinking water. It's bad for the planet. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds like a wedding. No. Ah, what? Who's Lena? Who is this Lena you keep speaking to? No one. I can see clearly now the rain is gone in the night. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I have to wait very patiently. I don't get much studio time, so when I get up in the studio, I have to go boom, 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 like that. I thought you were done. I thought I was too, <laughs> but inspiration struck. <laughs> Much like this movie and me after I watched it. <laughs> well, isn't Howl sexy? Wow. <laughs> I didn't think it would I didn't think we'd get there that quickly, but s- since you asked, <laughs> that was actually on my mind as I was crossing twenty first at Littlefield Fountain this morning or this afternoon. Great. Leaving work to get back to my car parked ten miles away. So <laughs> How is uh, too sexy? I hope we get to talk about you that a little bit more. I mean, too sexy. How can he be too sexy? Well, he really is that. I think he epitomizes the anime male character. You know what I mean? Yes. The stereotype. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I get. <laughs> I mean, I just don't watch enough anime to confirm. I'm right. not a full weeb. We've talked about that. Right. I just feel like he's like that Final Fantasy main character. Yeah. Well, he has long hair. You know, uh-huh. I love that. So he has me automatically at the long hair. But he's also flamboyant and self-centered. I'm weak to that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, letting all of the... Oh, we're getting all of the tea today. I oh, love it. Oh, my God. This is so great. Wait, so Hal of of what? Hal who? <laughs> Hal, Hal I, 2000? I don't know his last name. <laughs> Hal 2000. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know, actually, the full... 2001 a space odyssey how computer i don't know what you're talking about oh girl you're so uncultured with american <laughs> pop movies yes how from how's moving castle <gasps> that's right which is the movie we're kind of covered today on Hikey book club hey where we book club movies and tv shows i'm cameron i'm delaney and today we are discussing how's moving castle and typically-ish, we do non-spoiler, not uh, the first half of the episode, non-spoiler, and then a spoilery discussion, more like review and then spoilery. But House of Castle, it's, it's old and it's niche. So I don't know how soon we're going to do, or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Where is she going with this thought? <laughs> I don't think it's that old. It's, it um, is old. It's like 15 years old. That's old. <laughs> I, I just mean the it's non... It's like saying, oh, 9-11 is old. It is. I guess it is. I just mean <laughs> the first half, the non-spoiler versus spoiler half thing is best for newer movies where people are looking yeah, you to... you really flex on this rule lately. I know. It's not a rule. It's just like, it's case by case. It was a good structure to hold our podcast episodes Well, we to. still follow it. have thrown the structure out the window... It's just with newer, with older stuff, I feel like... Oh, you think that all the tea is out on this movie? Yes. 
<laughs> so there's no point and just it's all free reign. Well, no, I still say we should do I still say we should do the structure. I just mean like the spoiler part should come sooner. Okay. Well, I hope so. I mean, so basically, uh this is a movie from Japan. <laughs> Very basically, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to just let it out, let out what I know. Okay, is that all? (laughs) I'm pouring out my knowledge for everyone. Um, It's from Japan, made in 2003 or four. Yeah. Um, Released like more like 2005. Now, who directed? Who wrote and directed it? Miyazaki. Hiao. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Miyazaki. Yes. Uh, Who um, also made. Spirited Away. Oh, that's right. Which is another movie we've covered yes. here in the Heike That's the Studios. only other Miyazaki movie we've, we've covered here, but I'm a big fan of a lot of them. And you sure are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have some posters here. Of, and some books. Uh, Books? Oh, yeah. I have, I have my books. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just mean like... I- displayed yeah, i have posters you do have a lot of posters and i have stuffed animals I have see, a so lot you, have of a, you have a poster of the cat returns yeah and a poster of kiki's nope this is a good test oh no <laughs> i know the cat returns but which one's the cat returns i thought kiki's delivery service was up there no which one of those is the cat returns the top one okay yeah <laughs> oh my god but what? i see the cat in the bottom one yeah. That's why I thought it was Kiki's delivery service. Well, that's not that cat. That's the Cat Returns cat. What is it? Whisper of the Heart. Uh, nobody's ever heard of that one. I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Did you have fun with that game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you forgot you had books. Well, I have I have a... I, now I'm thinking about it. I, these were just <laughs> the ones in my line of sight, but I have, I have books. I have like stuffed animals and I have t-shirts. Yeah, one oh, of the... Which I wore yesterday. I wore. Oh, you did. So we saw this movie on a rerun at the theaters, or the real movie theaters. Yeah, this spe- it was like a special showing that they do like one monthly, typically, one of the. But Ghibli it's a year movies. long. It's like an annual series that yeah. they've done for at least a couple of years. It's like now. by Fathom Events. Oh, okay. Um, because it's in several. It's Whatever not just. That means. It's not just one theater chain that does it. Right. It's, it's national. Like, it's a I don't know. I don't know how far, but it's not like just a certain chain doing it, like Alamo or because Alamo does their own, hmm. actually. Interesting. So I wonder if there's this partnership that the studio has with some, you know, distribution company like Fandom or what is it? Fathom. Fathom, <laughs> to uh, do these annual kind of re-releases or, or special screenings partnership yeah with, i'm sure it's something with local theaters around it's just smart because the these these movies have sort of a cult following i guess it is smart i mean they're weeb but they're also those like the ghibli movies a lot of them have reached further than the weeb culture which is truly successful international. it's true um it's cool because i remember in the line i heard family members pointing at the signs yeah. talking about which ones they've seen and haven't seen and all of that, and I don't think that those people were going to the that day of screening. Oh, I, and I'm so not I, sure. It, it was just interesting, so it made me yeah. just realize maybe there's more well, I also conversation saw, about them. I also I saw thought. some families in our theater. Like, I just mm-hmm. never accept, expect to see families there. I always expect to see weebs. It was a bigger theater, um, and it had a lot, it was a good size. Like, they, it seemed like it had a good turnout. Yeah, I mean, it was almost sold out when I bought tickets. Wow. 
Anyway, we saw it at the theater. We and did. I wore my How's Moving Castle shirt, which has the castle on it. It's cute. The Your book, one, uh, one of your Miyazaki books uh-huh. was one of the first books I noticed you had. Oh, That I okay. ever noticed. So I have a couple. That's how I knew. I should read them. I should read them too. <laughs> I know. Uh, They're cute. I mean, I, I just love these movies because I'm a fan of animation and he's like one of the biggest and most pioneering 2D animators ever. Well, I'm excited to talk more about maybe some of the detailed parts of this movie regarding the animation with you coming up soon. Yes. Um, so it's one of his movies in Japan, Japanese, 2003, 4-ish. And yeah, so not... It's more recent, I guess, if you're thinking of the whole scope of mm-hmm. Ghibli. Now, I did actually read the numbers already about, mm-hmm. I think it's box office and returns. And so I think I read it was made for $24 million. I don't remember the budget. Yeah, around there, calc- you know, kind of recalculated for American dollars. And then uh, I guess worldwide, it has brought back like around 250 million yeah i saw that so that's so cool that's super successful oh yeah so what i was reading and you probably read too was that uh miyazaki his inspiration for it yes but also like he really he he didn't really think it was gonna like be well received at all in the u.s because of the inspiration right which was well the it, it, themes of anti-war well and the iraq war right it was a direct response to the iraq war by the u.s and apparently miyazaki just had a very strong negative reaction to that war and this movie just has themes of very being very anti-war and it was kind of a response to that so he didn't think like american audiences at that time would really he thought they would feel uneasy with it i don't know maybe he was surprised and or didn't think that or, or just didn't expect as many people to be maybe on his side about that right exactly because i think that maybe there were there was a large anti war sentiment in regards to at least our response but i don't know i mean it was definitely supportive to like take some action but i don't know that this action was necessarily the one most people thought was the right one he didn't but it was successful so it proved him wrong i guess so we're, we're going to talk some more about those themes uh here in a little bit it's based on a book it is though i think that it veers a little bit away from it quite a bit and it's it's based on a British book. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of an interpretation by Miyazaki. I think it's more like the characters are from the book. Those are the most, like, I guess, similar. And then the story is a lot more different. Like, mm. I, I, I saw someone describe it as, like, the movie is kind of like a fanfic, mm-hmm. almost, of the book. It's characters, <laughs> you know. But I think there's still some similarities in the story. But yeah, it's based on it's a, based on a British book. That's very very interesting. Well, cool. You know what we should have done? What? We should have watched some interviews with Miyazaki, talking about it. I guess that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe after it was actually uh right after the cat returns, I think. Was it? Yeah. I, that's why I was wondering if anything came between this and Spirited Away because I know Spirited Away was like ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, I think the cat returns or they got announced at the same time. I don't know which one came out first. He moves so fast. He's really... How does he pump out these stories? Well, I don't know. I I was seeing that House Moving Castle had a little bit more... Had digital. It definitely did by the look of it. With the castle? Yeah. They just do it so pretty. And some movement sequences, like the... When things are moving by really fastly. Uh Uh-huh. 
No spoilers since you no, I'm just love saying, this direction. There's always fast <laughs> movement shots and anything. <laughs> My God. It's, I think it's a little different from the rest of his movies. I feel like oh, his really? other, yeah, his other movies feel a lot more like family and children centered. And this didn't? No. I felt like it was all about family. Not really. I mean. I felt like it was. I felt like that was kind of the whole thing that brought it all to. Oh my gosh. We just got to. We got to jump in. Okay. We got to go into spoiler land. Okay. We can't hold it back. And we're back. (laughs) So we were just discussing our um, <laughs> disagreements about whether or not this is a family movie or not. Well, I'm not saying it's not. I know, I'm joking. For families to watch, I just mean compared. It is based around a family. I, Who? It's based around this idea that because he doesn't have a family, his. I mean, <laughs> that's a stretch. It's, such, it's so hard to explain because this one is very abstract in that way. But there is definitely there were parts where the uh, boy and the the woman, the lady, what's her name? Sophie. Sophie. Uh, are, you know, because he, the little boy definitely, what's his name? Marco. 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 <laughs> Marco really, <laughs> really wants a family. And yeah, I know. Now but that Sophie is there, there's a moment where he hugs her, embraces her, doesn't want her to go. And Sophie says, I'm not going to. And he's like, Yeah, because we're going to, we're like a family now, right? I get it, but I feel like family is not like the central, the central theme is romance and love and that's why i think it's different i think i think that's what it is i definitely think it's a central theme but like i think that compared to other miyazaki movies where there's like no romance i mean because it's around the protagonists are children like the, the little boy marco is a supporting character very supporting not like anywhere near being a protagonist so in all his other movies it's always a young child most of the time uh, it's a young child that is a protagonist so it feels like the problems and the whole thing is more centered around childhood and growing up or like non-romance because that's not appropriate really so um, can we agree that family is a sub theme yes okay like i see your point i just feel like that's kind of a secondary part but like the main main thing it's it's really the romance and that's why i'm a sucker for this movie because <laughs> it's like it's really sweet what <laughs> I'm over here drinking my tea. Oh my god! Did you just learn that word? You've known this word. <laughs> I know. I just, I don't know. I think it's funny to say now. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I can You're confidently late. use it appropriately. You're late to the tea party, girl. <laughs> so I enjoy the romance aspect, and I think that's what makes it different from a lot of Miyazaki movies because it, it feels more adult just because the protagonist is like a young woman instead of a child. <laughs> and it's very interesting because and it's so different from American cinema, which right, is it's always so rom- heavily on romance. And then here it's his, his portfolio is heavily based on family, but then he has a couple of romances. Yeah. As well, them. he's Miyazaki's very feminist, a great feminist ally, I would say. Or, or a woman ally. <laughs> woman ally (laughs) Uh, this one is still within very feminist principles but it's just interesting to see him explore romance it's like very uh, over the top romance oh you know with Howell and he's so over the top like 
I mean, th- those parts weren't as feminist, I would say. Just, like, when Hal first rescues her and he's all, like, you know, woo, you know. Woo? <laughs> woo? <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's all, like, charming, but also, like, you know, a little macho about it. Like, you know, when they meet. Right. Oh, she's, like, getting harassed, like, bad. And he swoops in, and it's like, oh, dear. Like He definitely does swoop in. Literally. <laughs> yes. And takes her away and, on, and floats her on the balcony. Remember? Yes. They fly. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit, like... Okay, you can defend her, but also you don't need to take her away flying, you know? (laughs) I thought it was funny when they show the scene of him breaking down in his depression. Oh, yeah, that's the best scene. It's so amazing because it seemed so... I mean, it didn't it didn't feel kind of Japanese at that point. It felt American a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, that like ridiculous humor or I don't know. It just felt very absurd. Yeah, it really did. And it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. I, that's the best scene, I feel like, when he has a breakdown about his hair. Yeah, and I products. love... Oh, my God. And I just love how he becomes the slime. Yeah. Like, his depression is this intoxication kind of goo, which seems very visually representative of what depression is like, because I think that you get... Like, your depression kind of leaks onto other people a little bit sometimes oh. when they're around you. And so you kind of just... It shows how you bring it down like bring everyone down with it so it's kind of cool visual way oh yeah well it's just the quote is amazing i'm gonna see if i can try and find it and put it in cool officially but like i give up i see no point in living if i can't be beautiful (laughs) (laughs) oh it's amazing yeah he just like because he seems very like confident up until that point you know like naturally sexy but like this is his weak spot we finally found his well, weakness yeah like he's vulnerable about his look yeah like the whole look is very intentional and he like presents himself that way it's very picky about it it's just really funny to see him sort of yeah his vulnerable side it's also funny because he's like a magician and he has all yeah. these powers <laughs> but he doesn't have the power to control his hair and make it grow back he kind of did yeah but yeah, he she mixed up the potions. But okay, so backing up. The whole thing is that Sophie gets cursed by the Wicked Witch of the Waste. Oh, well, by the way. Is it the Waste? Yes. Okay. okay, 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 okay. So this is the first time. This is probably my third or fourth time seeing this movie. This is the first time I follow the plot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm older, no, wiser. I think you were just caught up with the looks I, of Hal the whole time. I think I was or something. I, no, I wasn't a kid. It was like a couple years ago. <laughs> Benefit of the doubt. I think I'm older and wiser. But also, yeah, I think I was mesmerized just in general by the animation. Not just Howl, but sure Howl. Like, I think I was too distracted by just the visuals. And it was one of my introductions to Studio Ghibli movies. So I think I was like a little lost in the plot wise. Hmm. And this time, I guess maybe seeing it on a big screen. I just followed the plot really well. I always thought the plot made no sense, but it does. Like, (laughs) it's just a little weird, but it's not like totally abstract. No. It's followable. It is. So I followed it this time. And anyway, I again with the first, I the first times I watched it, I always thought they were saying the Wicked Witch of the West, but just saying West weird. 
Yeah, so it's the waste, right? <laughs> yeah, like like trash. Yeah. And sludge. It was weird because I wasn't totally sure and sold at first if yeah. it was waste or not. But then, yeah, I guess I finally just accepted I finally it. figured it out that waste isn't just a weird way to say West. It's right. Uh, I think it's... And you know what that's from, right? Oz. Yes. Yeah, uh, I know. Okay, good. I think that whole waste thing is also sort of like its own little commentary on industrial waste type absolutely pollution which um, is i mean another theme that he had in spirited away well, a it's little a, bit it's a theme he has in a lot of movies especially princess mononoke and nausicaa those are the most like environmental heavy it's very thematically it's kind of and a, totoro yeah. in, it, it's drawing inspiration i feel like from a lot of japanese directors where they have comments about that in some way yeah. in a lot of their movies well Miyazaki feels very strongly school. about it mm-hmm. I think Howl's Moving Castle it's more it's really like minor uh compare like it's not the main thing it's addressing the main thing it's address- addressing is war but it's a little like nod to that other issue that Miyazaki cares about with the waste but yeah so the Wicked Witch of the Waste curses Sophie because Howl kind of took an interest in her and she is a stalker fan obsessed with how well but he slept with her or something he said something like that like he pursued her really yeah remember that's why when sophie gives him her message from the the witch it's like that mark on the table Uh that burns right and he's like analyzing it and that's where he kind of explains that he had like a little bit of a thing with her but she never she never got over it. yeah yeah i remember that I, I got it confused. Okay, okay. I got your pronoun confused. I thought you were referring to Sophie. No, the the witch. Yeah. She, he had a thing. I don't think it was stalking. I thought it was like they were dating for a period. Well, I don't know how long, <laughs> but... But then he decided to leave her because but he it saw wasn't her like, true side. It wasn't like recent. Though. Right, it was back in the day. Yeah, so like she's being obsessive if she's still like... She is, and that's the whole him. point because yeah. she's got like a spell on herself to make her look like youthful and yeah. all that but really she's <laughs> old and fat um, she's still fat when she's young okay <laughs> yeah no but yeah to still like make her look young and also yeah she's just obviously obsessed with the his heart right and that's yeah. what comes back at the end becomes mm-hmm. um it's kind of like that second conflict in a way it is because well she's also kind of our She's our, like, everyday villain Mm -hmm. when the real villain is kind of Solomon, kind of just, like, the war in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the Wicked Witch is that, like, Draco Malfoy, everyday antagonist (laughs) who's after them and places this curse that makes this conflict for Sophie, and she becomes an old woman. And it's weird how she becomes part of the family. Who? Oh, (laughs) Yeah, it is. But we'll get there. That's a little later. So Sophie's old and we can talk about how this is more where the feminist feminism, I guess, comes in ish. The house stuff isn't too feminist, but this is it's really it's showing sort of aging in a more positive light. That definitely is. And showing how she a young woman becomes a lot more free as an old woman. Like she's not scared of things right she's like not afraid to say what she thinks it's sort of showing the positives of aging even though it shows like classic like old people stuff but like she comments on those differences 
in her, you know, just in being her a, discovery of what yeah. it's like to be older. Yeah, that it's like, oh, this is cool that I can just. Certain I'm not things scared. are easier. Yeah, I'm just not scared. I'm not, you know, insecure. I don't know. What I thought was interesting is how it phased back and forth, the animation did, between her as an old woman and then it started showing glimpses of her as a young woman again. And then there was like this in-between at a certain point that it would sometimes yeah. fade to as well, where it was kind of like she was middle-aged. Yeah. Which was interesting, too. For sure. I think it's kind of in the moments where she's being most true to herself. That she becomes... Yeah. It, so, apparently... Maybe like, the middle-aged part is when she's being inquisitive to, like, figure out what she's supposed to be learning. And then, yeah, those yeah. glimpses of vulnerability is when she turns young. Yeah. I, so, apparently... she's true, When she's true to herself. Yeah. In the book, she's a lot more clearly and explicitly a sorceress. Sophie is. And in the movie, it's very much left up to interpretation... That she has some powers, a little bit, some magic, and it shows... Well, this was on my reading, so I'm not just a genius here. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I should I should go on the subreddit for this. Uh, whatever. She has sort of magical abilities. So it, those moments where she's most true to herself and becomes younger shows that she has a little bit of power over the curse hmm. because she has some magic in her. Also, when she gives the braid to calcifer to like power the castle in the end remember he's like i need how to be here to move the castle and she's like no you can do it and then she he's like i need something of you right and she gives him the braid and has the power we only see how be able to do that kind of thing so that's kind of sorcery witch stuff oh so it's a sign that she is magical yeah she has some magical things there's a couple other things that's an interesting theory no but it's pretty accurate i think because of the book the book backs that up i'm just saying in the book she's a lot more explicitly sorcery so what's the fire's name calcifer calcifer yeah well is that like a combination of calcium and lucifer i guess that's a good interpretation <laughs> sure why calcium Cause no calcium because like it sticks no <laughs> probably cal from like Oh, calorie, like heat? Well, calor, yeah. In Spanish, heat is calor. Right. I assume Latin, probably. Similar. It usually just means energy. Yeah, I guess. So, Calcifer is a very cute. He's sort of like the sidekick character, the funny sidekick. He is. And <laughs> the animation for Calcifer yeah. is so peculiar. It was un- it was very surprising to me because I like laughed out loud because I was not expecting it to look <laughs> as basic yeah, and it was, simple. Yeah, it's, it's very lo-fi and simple. Very. Especially <laughs> compared to like the backgrounds and all that. Yeah, like all the other characters in Miyazaki's movies. And so it reminded me of the soot yeah. animations. Yeah. Uh, so I liked that he kind of brought that characterization into a character in Howl's Moving Castle from Spirited Away, the soot little things which are real popular there i see a lot of like pins and socks and stuff of those yes (laughs) cool Uh but um i want to see more calcifers (laughs) yeah they have him at hot topic oh that's cool calcifer was so cool i loved him he's probably my favorite character yeah i'm i have to say how because i'm a hoe but (laughs) (laughs) calcifer i was in love with him too or i am like just the first time i watched it i remember you just fall in love with that i always thought that calcifer was under a spell like i thought that calcifer was he was 
But he's a he demon, was, not right. a person. Exactly. I thought he was going to turn out to be like how the scarecrow was this prince the right. whole time. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's what Calcifer was. Yeah, that's a fair thought. But yeah, I guess he, he was a demon and that's like a star thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's very kind of abstract. Well, I like the idea that his heart is this fire and the fire is always at the house like it has to stay at the yeah. castle well the castle is kind of a representation of how right which makes sense how a home is a representation of you yeah and she cleans it so wins his heart over wow okay well <laughs> she does yeah but but what but she throws away his potions <laughs> no, <just> what? <laughs> i was gonna say throws water on oh well yeah his heart She's too good. I would have let that lady burn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So she's trying to get the curse off. Yes. And she meets Turnip Head, an important character. I love Turnip Head you as do? well. Yeah. He's so cute. So there's a lot of iconic moments, I feel like, where... <laughs> you, you've seen this once. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But I feel like I've seen the oh, imagery okay, okay. of that scarecrow with like other characters. There was a lot uh, of iconic moments. Yeah. There's also the one... Of him, I guess, half bird, like carrying her, which uh-huh. is like the one on the picture, like of the right the promotion. Oh, I, I gotta see it. Yeah, I feel I'm like sure. I saw a lot of those scarecrow moments. I mean, he just looks so good standing there with all the wind blowing through him. Yeah, and, oh, it's very I- iconic looking. It's just a very cool, mysterious character for the whole movie, and then at the end, kind of comes full circle. It shows. I mean, Sophie, she was kind of acting self-interested interestedly at first but she does show kindness and compassion which is sort of a big theme to turn up head mm-hmm. at the beginning and then throughout but she, and then she does that to everyone including the wicked witch who cursed her she takes her along with and the dog who's just there you know what's the dog even doing there i agree well, I mean, and this is a good point where it just, when I started seeing these sub characters pile up this way into this sort of troop, I mean, I feel like this might be. Squad. Yeah, squad. Is that like a Miyazaki theme? Because I saw that oh. in Spirited Away also, right? Right, How, with the baby and the. Yeah. The crow thing or like the little bird. The little bird. Yeah. Um, And then. The mouse. The mouse. Yeah. Which was the baby. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like and and then no face and the squad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the squad just kind of naturally builds yeah. around the protagonist, and it happened in this movie too. So I wonder is that a theme in Miyazaki's movies? Yeah, <laughs> which is so interesting. Well, I are, like that a lot. I think these are the most similar in that way, though. But like, like this, I love how the squad, like the characters in them, all are like different sizes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> their proportions are all over. So it's just, it's this, it's a really interesting. It's like a misfit motif crew. that he, he yeah. has. Yeah, right, the misfit crew exactly, and it's kind of like representative of how people of different backgrounds can, at the end of the day, come together. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, cool. and in this one, it's really people that don't deserve kindness. Some of them, the witch and the dog, because the dog is the dog of the, like the other evil lady, mm-hmm. the king's witch, Sol- Solomon. Mm-hmm. Here's the picture of like the promotional picture. I see now. That's kind of spoiler. Um, no. 
So yeah, she she sort of moves in to the castle thanks to Turniped. Turniped leads her there. She makes herself the cleaning lady kind of right away. She wins over Calcifer. That's kind of a big deal and shows that she's like special. Oh, maybe that's a sign that she also has special powers. Yeah, that well, because the the kid tells her like no one can control Calcifer. Like nobody can tell him what to do. Yeah, and she somehow like talks him into things, and that's sort of a sign of her being more special than just any other old lady right which is immediately you know hal picks up on that immediately when he comes in yes well i feel like hal already had picked up on it even before when he rescued her he didn't just kind of rescue her out of nowhere like he did but also like that moment at the end where she's like find me to the kid kid Howl, like at the very end yeah like do you think that influenced how trying to find her in the future, like she said, too. This is a time travel that's, paradox. Yeah, that's <laughs> a deep one. I, I I think that Mizaki wants us to think that way. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a trippy movie. Very trippy. Well, because it goes through multiple universes. Yes. And travels time just all over the place it's like space and time kind of doesn't matter but what i think is interesting what i like about it in that sense is that we don't really ever see any kind of special animations trying to i mean we kind of do with the spirits uh or those yeah yeah demon things coming through the air and spinning around in circles that's kind of the closest that we get to the these fantastical visuals but otherwise there's no like time warp type of visuals or uh, wormholes or stuff like that to try to go through these multiple universes. Instead, well, it's just that door. These aren't multiple universes. These what is are it? The, f- the same universe, but different locations. Oh, that's totally not what I got out really? of it. Really? I got out of it four different universes that were like parallel universes, and that door just spins to a different universe to pop No, because they were in the same kingdom. Like, he was asked to go to the king in two of those houses. They were, he was just in different cities. Were, were, were they both opposing fractions? No, I think it was the same king. Like, the same king was asking for Howl as both of those wizards. And basically, the, the king's people went to all the witches and wizards in the country and Powell was two of them in two different cities. Are you for sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was m- multiple universes where somehow the like <laughs> the the themes of war, like uh, the negative <laughs> energies happening in one infected like the actions in another universe. No, I think that's like more abstract than it was. <laughs> then what was but that's cool. What was the black? Well, that was Howl's, like, safe place, which was, like, his... That was traveling through time, I guess. Uh, now you're way confused. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, explain that to me. I don't know. The, just the... But the black one's the only one no one else could go into. I feel like the black one's the Matrix. <laughs> that you Kinda. just, like, plug in and you train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like that. <laughs> was he inspired by the Matrix? <laughs> But uh, that black one was the magical one. So sure, maybe that one was a different universe, a parallel universe. But all the other ones were real places. 
I'm not saying they weren't real places. Well, they but just they didn't were the same, in the same universe. Well, they were in the same universe and the black one. Just different locations? Yeah. And so somehow the house was able to open doors to multiple locations? Yeah, because he's magical. I got that. I'm trying to take it in different universes. It's not. I think it's the same. It's the same universe, same king. Just just the black one was a, a weird other dimension. Mm. I got to watch it again. I think I missed the first few minutes, which were important. Well, we both did. We were late. <laughs> I have it on DVD. That's cool. We should watch a special watch feature. <gasps> yeah. Well. So do you want to talk a little more about the animation? Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know much. It's just that it, there was digital involved, which the earlier Miyazaki movies did not have. So what? Well, I mean, what is it that you liked about this animation? Well, I, I love just how they paint. Like it's mm. it's so intricate. Even even the castle, which a lot of the elements were digital and movement, it sort of made sense because it was like an a steampunk castle almost. So technology, having technology be part of the animation, is almost like meta. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? How dare you drop that? Uh, I just the look of the castle to me is very impressive and cool. I mean, it doesn't look like a castle. It just looks like a crazy steampunk. It looks like the Weasley cluster. House. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> the moving burrow. <laughs> but <laughs> and you're right, very steampunkish. Yeah, there it's, was. It's like a very industrial revolution times plus magic, which is weird. Which is cool. I mean, I like it. Yeah. There, it's cool. There was a girl at my high school that I was, um, she was the same graduating class as me, but she was in the art department and her style of illustration was very, I didn't know it now, but, or, or sorry, time. I mm-hmm. didn't know it then when I was looking at her art as a high schooler, but now, and this is like, oh, eight around then, oh, nine. But now looking back, I realized, oh, she was drawing inspiration from directly from pieces like Howl's Moving Castle because how her artwork was uh, these very detailed and quirky, intricate, uh, draw small figure drawings, illustrations of like houses and architecture and buildings like that in a very kind of like 2D space. And so it's cool because I loved her artwork so much back then. I thought it was very poppy and just had a real style defined style to it but now i realize like where a lot of her inspiration came from it must have come from which is a crazy idea this idea of like a castle that moves well and it moves in that way like a chicken (laughs) (laughs) i mean what what gets better than a castle a castle that moves Well, but it doesn't move in the way you think. It's true. <laughs> well, it's like, and it's very mechanical in its operation, yeah. which was another thing I was noticing about, again, Miyazaki's kind of style. It's everything has this mechanical kind of gear, old fashioned mechanism to it. Um, it was common in Spirited Away. And it was just cute to see how, in even the smallest of forms, something like uh, House Moving Castle could still have that gear i'm talking about specifically towards the end when it's like totally stripped down and yeah it's down to its last just one platform and the two legs but still underneath there's like this gear and chain that just like keeps it rocking and it's just really really interesting to think about that like you don't just as an animator and a creator of this piece he isn't just thinking about it being all magical 
and yeah he wants it to be have some kind of explanation to it and it's a very tangible real world connection that we can make to that to what's going on with that and then i thought it was cool how by the time i think the curse gets lifted or like the heart goes back into how that the gears i'm pretty sure i remember the gears just don't they just disappear like all the mechanical aspects of it disappear and that's why the platform collapses it's just cool details it'd be cool to make that animation Mm, <laughs> no <laughs> that would be so hard yeah i mean that's what i admire about these movies they're so beautiful and intricate in the backgrounds painted so with such detail and the slightest little bits of movement in the animation yeah too. so a lot of the this is a 2d animation and m- many of the shots what i was noticing is that they were i felt like a majority of types of shots that i was starting to calculate through because I'm in a cinematography class this semester, and so I've been paying a little bit more attention to what trends are with uh, positioning the camera. And I noticed I feel like a good 80% of the shots were either strictly profile on the plane, where all of the action is directly perpendicular to whatever plane the camera is on. So it's like a direct profile side shot, or it's like straight forward or straight back, very right angle-esque. Or... At the 45 degree angle where it's like directly slanted. What other angles are there? Um, I mean, you could make it. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. You're describing every angle. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there could be nuances where you aren't exactly 45 or exactly 90. Right. I know. But I don't know. That just seems very like not that many. Others. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I was just noticing it being used a lot. Um, but he so he uses the profile one a whole lot, which is a very cool effect to tell the story. In terms of the animation, you know, I noticed a lot of movement to the left on the screen going kind of backwards in time. If we thought about it from a Western's perspective, that and that's how I was watching it at first. I was because I'm taught in my uh, film classes that on the screen, you know, at least in the Western world, going to the left would mean going backwards. So it's usually like pushing against antagonistic forces and stuff like that. Like you're going the opposite direction of your goal. Um, That makes sense. Right. And if you're going on the right, if you're going towards the right of the screen, then that's like you're making progress towards your goal. And this forward. Yeah. And this I noticed uh, like commonly almost all the time they were moving towards the left. And I kept thinking that was like them running away from their goal. But I think that, in reality, it's just in Japanese. Yeah. They read right to left. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. That's such a like nuanced thing, but true. Like yeah, yeah, like something I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. But that, that's true. So that thought that was really cool uh, to just pick up on and and yeah and appreciate. Yeah, this one is like you said. I'm finding a lot of similarities with Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most fantastical and buried in that fantasticalness. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but there's a lot of similarities. So where does this movie rank on your scale of like, you know, top Miyazaki movies? Well, I told you. I think I remember you telling me (laughs) in the movie theater. Yeah, you tell me. What was it? (laughs) This is in your top three. Yes. But your top three are undefined in an order. Yeah, not in order. Right. What are the other two? Spirited Away. No. (laughs) Kiko's Delivery Service. Uh Uh-huh. And The Cat Returns. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the three for very different reasons 
But how's I really like this time around? I really appreciated the romance. You know, it felt romantic. It did. Like that's rare in these movies. It's true. I think that they played the themes of love so delicately and so well. Yeah. I really appreciated the attention they brought to the nuances of it and, and, and trying to navigate a, a new love and this relationship of uncertainty. And also, I think the insecurities that somebody can have about putting themselves in this position of loving another person or accepting love from somebody. Right. I think how a lot of Hal's characterization is trying to put aside his pride and in that he has the solution to everything and has that he can do everything on his own right i think that he's like turning into this monster Mm -hmm. throughout and she's trying to bring him back but he's trying to fight the the war yeah or he's trying to fight against the war so it has like and it's almost like very timeless in this way almost shakespearean kind of it feels like (laughs) yeah just like how the male is all about you know, trying to fight the good fight and do the right thing <laughs> and the woman trying to keep him, keep him at peace. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, it feels kind of, it feels dated because it's very sort of typical gender roles, but it is, I mean, it's very unconventional just in that it's a weird movie already, but it's also like she's pretty brave and whatnot as an old woman. Yeah. And then he's very like, effeminate in his dress and flamboyant and cares about his appearance you know he's almost what start like in in media we usually see the girls freak out about their appearance about how they look about their hair stuff like that so that is like gender bending a bit and that he's he's kind of a metrosexual type. right like he cares so much and has a has freak outs and meltdowns like he always has to have a bath after every yeah. <laughs> every time he goes out to, yeah. to defend the world, <laughs> to save the world. Yeah, he's very high maintenance, especially so high like maintenance. for a man. Like that's a cool, that's a good, fun representation of a man, because there are a lot of men like that. It is. We just don't get to see them that often in media, because that's not They're usually like, the rugged male. Yes, yeah, he's not that, and that's why. I love him. That's a fictional character I could, I would date. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, what do you have any feelings about the, the kid character? It was played by Josh Hutcherson. Ah, yes. He was PETA in Hunger Games. <sighs> but he, he still had a kid. He had a life before PETA? Yes. He had a kid. <laughs> a career, I meant. A, a kid <laughs> voice. He was the kid in like every family movie at that time in the 2000s, like all through growing up and then teen too. Like he was in RV. Remember RV? (laughs) Yeah, I never saw it though. That was we should watch that. I mean, I Uh, bet it's like really. I've seen it a million times. I've seen it a million times. I think Nick Offerman's in it. That'd be cool. I mean, it would make sense. It's like him kind of raising or rising the ladder steps. Yeah, I guess (laughs) climbing the ladder. But anyway, so Josh Hutcherson plays the kid. I think the kid is really cute. I mean, he's just sweet and he needs like a someone to take care of him. But Howell's not, you know, not equipped for taking care of the kid in any sort of like well-being way, just mentor way, which is not. So what, is the kid like adopted? No, he's a apprentice. Oh. So the way like those little boys were with the king's witch lady. Like the little blonde boys yeah. that escorted her. 
the way those are all like kind of apprentice apprentices of that sorceress the way that little kid is for howl and i think it's understood that howl was one of those kids before like he studied under her Mm. so i think that's just how magic magician culture works (laughs) you have an apprentice child or several and that's how you learn to be a magician mickey mouse was an apprentice of who (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, there. That's like <laughs> that's like one of his most famous cartoons, the Fantasia one. I think it's called The Apprentice, or the maybe not The Apprentice, but <laughs> The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I think oh that's what yeah, they call I've that heard sequence. that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's famous. It's like you well, know, see, there you go, sorcerer. Right. That's like a thing. You know my um, uh, it is. I huh. I guess it's like a it's a trope from way back when. Well, I think it's just. Like medieval times. Yeah. Well, there were no magicians. Yeah, actually. exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. It was the folklore. Yeah, I guess the the magician folklore is that. There's the magician has an apprentice. Yeah, that's just how you learn to be your own magician. Yeah, it's from uh, Fantasia, and that's I have that shirt where yeah, it's the uh, classic Mickey Mouse with his yeah yeah the sorcerer yeah. Mickey, and he makes the broomsticks come to life using the sorcerer's uh, magic, and while he's away or sleeping. And oh. then the broomsticks end up uh, going out of control because he can't control them because and then it's so it's like this whole lesson of don't be lazy and use magic to for self-righteousness and benefit. But magic is something to control and use for good. Well, Howell was not was using it for he was using good. it for good. Yeah. But he's a little self-centered. I mean, I think that's represented in the cobwebs of his <laughs> yeah. castle. Like, he doesn't pay any attention to this house that other people, like Calcifer and yeah. the boy, are living in. And it takes a sensible person to come and clean it up. Right. She did so good. She was such a good cleaner. Yeah. Well, that's what she said. She was really good at it. What did you think about the field that How well, makes for, for her? It was really pretty. It was a little, like, literal that, like... There were planes over it, too, or, like, warships kind of destroying the moment. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like the anti-war theme is very, like, you know, the it message <laughs> received, you know? Like, yeah. they say it a lot. <laughs> this idiotic war. It's like, <laughs> they say that all, all the time. I mean, I don't um, know if they mention it as much in the Japanese. Like, we have to keep right, in right, right, right. mind that everything's translated. Yeah, so we saw the dub. For an American we didn't audience. mention that. Yes. Josh Hutcherson plays the English dub <laughs> <laughs> of it. It has a good cast. I mean, Christian Bale is how Emily Mortimer is Sophie. And she is the girl from Mary Poppins. Not Emily Blunt, but the not the original Mary Poppins, by the way. The one we, me and Cameron saw. The new one. Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. It's like the aunt. Remember, I think she ends up, spoilers for Mary Poppins. She ends up with Lin-Manuel. Vaguely remember who you're talking about. She's in... Did she play uh, Sophie? Yeah. She's in... She's British. She's in... Well, that makes sense because she had a British voice. She's in some like 90s movie, 2000. I feel like she was in uh, The Kid. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever see that? No. Uh, You didn't? No. Oh, my God. What? You know what I'm talking about, though? I know the, the movie, kid? yeah. With Bruce Willis? Right. I just know. I never saw it. Wow. It's so sad. Yeah. I think she's the woman in that. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like Bruce Willis's love interest. Uh, oh. Well, okay. So the old lady was played by Gene Simmons, but not Gene Simmons. Like, 
the singer because there's a singer right like kiss or something. right yeah not that one right okay that's a man right yeah but there's a different gene simmons <laughs> like gene like jeans like oh, okay. like a woman yeah she's an older actress okay who else oh and billy crystal was Casper, who had a very he has a very distinct co- comedy voice he does um, <laughs> it's very um how do you say what is that accent brooklyn or something it's, it's like, probably like Queens. You it's know? one of it's, those accents. <laughs> it's a New York type of accent or Boston almost accent. Um, I was thinking the style of the voice. It's not mundane, but it's uh, it's kind of black comedy, kind of nonchalant. It's a the voice has a particular style. It's like very dry humor in an interesting way. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's just like it's New York. It's like yeah. a, a random New York guy is in this movie with a bunch of British people. It's <laughs> hey, it's a choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the English dub. I, I typically I like too. a lot of the English dubs. I'm not one to... Maybe that's... I did have this existential moment, though, of us being in an American cinema around a bunch of other American families just eating their popcorn and... We know we're eating American any popcorn. products, but watching this Japanese anime <laughs> that's being dubbed. <laughs> We weren't eating any popcorn. I know we weren't, but the other people around us were. Wow. I'm saying I had an existential moment sitting in the seat at one point (laughs) where I just was realizing how American this experience was of us getting this Japanese media. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Like if if they they were in Japan, they'd probably, I I mean, I'm not assuming what type of theaters they have. but I'm wondering if maybe the past times where I haven't followed the plot, maybe I was watching it subbed. I know I've watched it in English at least once before hmm. but maybe because the first time i watched it it was subbed and maybe i missed i didn't read or something <laughs> <laughs> i no, got lost read. maybe i got lost who knows well so what, what did you think <laughs> <laughs> we waited all this time for that question uh i loved it i thought this might be i don't know if it's better than spirited away spirited away is you a movie said it was Spirit Away is a movie where I've just seen it so many times now that I think I'm longing for something new in that mm-hmm. same similar style. And this really gave it to me. And so while it's fresh right now, I um, am wanting to say that I think I like it better than Spirited Away. Spirited Away is very grand. And I mean, this yeah. one, this one's grand too, but I think in a little bit more of a homey way. I don't know how to describe. Like less epic, but still epic-ish. Yeah, well, it's not as adventure but even though, like, Sophie is kind of having an adventure, but yeah, I guess there's more mundane. But no, Spirit Away also has I the know. cleaning cleaning elements. Like, there are a lot of similar elements yeah. and structures to the stories, but, um, I mean, this one's a little bit shorter than Spirited Away, so maybe that's... I've always kind of ragged on Spirited Away for being a little long. Yeah. Even though it's still enjoyable, it is long. This one just felt like the appropriate length. I love the characters so much. Yeah, um, I think it's a very lovable characters. I mean, to me, it's crazy. The Wicked Witch, uh, she shows kindness to her. I didn't think it was deserved. Definitely not. She cursed her. Absolutely. <laughs> she, yeah, they like let the uh, traitor into the family. Yeah, and then she at the end, even though... still. It's, well, see, that's the thing with House. They made the, the characters very multidimensional, mm. less... Evil and good. I mean, I guess kind of like No Face was kind of someone like right. that in Spirited Away. But uh, like all, almost all the characters have both sides to them a little bit. And the witch helped them out because the mom, the mom was a hoe. Remember? the Sophie's mom was a hoe because she came in and she 
uh, like left them with a bug. Oh, just buy for the king uh, people. Remember that was yeah. so shady. The wicked witch of the waste, the old woman, just like senses it or something and kills it and feeds it to Calcifer, and Calcifer's like dying from it, but like they save him. Like that ends up not becoming anything. So the wicked witch helped them because she destroyed this thing right away that the mom had left. But then later fucks them over by trying to steal. Still being the greedy with yeah, the heart. Being, like she still has a goal. Being which very is to get the heart. Yeah. She's just being selfish and infatuated. Luckily her spell gets broken and Who's? the old witch of the West. Wicked Witch of the Waste. Uh, eventually, her spell gets broken, and I feel like it's because of that that she does eventually feel like she can give up the heart to Sophie when she asks for no, it. No, I think the reason why is because Sophie has shown her so much kindness. Oh, you think like, so? Like, throughout this. So Sophie becomes like this. Like, she has gotten to the part of her character development where she is now, I don't know. Well, it's her More responsible. Re- well, reaping the benefits of her kindness, kind of like she showed this late. She saved her from burning from the heart, even though it could have killed Howell. Like, what the hell? No, but then you feel so much pity for like, see, it's weird. She's our villain. But then you feel really a lot of pity for her as this old, frail lady, the, the wicked witch. Right. And she's just like a very kind of pathetic creature by the end. It's true. But Sophie always shows her compassion. I think by that also is proving her love for Howell too. And the I witch, like that explanation better. <laughs> <laughs> the witch gives up Howell's heart. Yeah. Willingly. Well, before she, so she ends up getting converted. Like the spell gets broken by the um, sorceress lady. But before that, when she had that guise on of being yeah. youthful, what did you think of that animation of her being kind uh, of ghostly, but like big? She kind of reminded me of Ursula from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, she, has she had those vibes. Those, yeah, for sure. Well, it's a really funny... See, that's the thing. Howl's Moving Castle has these funny, weird, absurd comedy scenes like the stairs yeah that was so funny it was hilarious yeah and it, they really like milked it right like they yeah most movies i feel like would have given up on that joke like once they got the point across halfway through of her crossing yeah but they like stayed on that it was a whole scene yeah. of them getting to the top of those stairs because they were both struggling because yeah. she was old and she was fat. And it's so ironic <laughs> because they invited these uh both of these yeah. women to the <laughs> castle but <laughs> they are not allowed to help yeah <laughs> it's so weird yeah, it's just a funny scene because it's like they're enemies at that point, like ba- bad enemies. And then, yeah, the banter that she yeah. keeps having. They're so smart, like the smart lines. Yeah, and then at the end, she's like cheering her on to finish. Like it's oh. this moment of like allyship and like the middle of a big feud. That's a good point. And also they show like it's a mo- moment of showing kind of how she has kindness to yeah. wait for her. That's pretty cool. Right. It's sort of starting that kindness towards the wicked witch even yeah. before all the shady stuff and it was funny how she thought that the dog was Hal, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> no nope, just the, and she carried it the whole time remember yeah that's bullshit it is it wasn't she Howl. went back for it yeah she carried it the, the whole way up what another funny part i think this is my last comment was how the animation for sophie as an old woman looked so similar to the witches in uh spirited away oh like the, the drawing yeah did you notice that or at least bit. the styling no. and the no- noses and the eyes i think that's just the old woman anime 
Hmm. I mean, you you could say all the women, the young women, have the same face because they do. Yeah, I just think that there were some uh, interesting similarities in the drawings of them, but a little. I think it's more about like this is the style of a young person in this un- animation universe, right. and this is what an old person looks like. Well, so what did you think of the movie? Well, I love it. It's one of my faves. And I'm happy this time I understood it. Cause I am too. I liked it before. And I'm glad I did too, so I could talk yeah, to you about I'm it. Yeah, I'm glad you I was going to ask if you followed it. because. Does it sound like I did? Uh, I guess. Oh my now, God. Now, wow, this show, it's just shady eyes. Well, I, now I'm second guessing because you asked. <laughs> no, I love, I just love Hal. I think he's hot. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, long hair. And then, like, you know, I can't. Oh, I know. I know. All right, can you grow your hair out like how? Uh, I'll try. Really? <laughs> uh, maybe when I turn 50. 50? Gross. Oh, gosh. Hair management, y'all. It's a thing. Keep it up. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm aware. <laughs> I have hair. Yes. Well, so what's your final grade for this movie? A+. plus. I give it an A plus too. Wow. I mean, Mr. like, Picky. there's some interesting, I feel like there's some flaws maybe that we kind of touched on either with characters or with, uh, like gender roles, but it's still very innovative. I think with uh, how many themes that he's able to pack in in different ways at the end of the day. And the animation style is very unique. Um, it has lots of motion and, uh, what do you think it. it ultimately means? Like, what does Howell's conflict symbolize? War-wise, who's greed? Himself. Well, his per- Well, I don't know about war-wise. I I'm mean, war-wise, like his conflict with the war. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, maybe it's a reflection. Well, it kind of seems like getting drafted, right? And he's like resistant. I mean, that's the deep one. The yeah. deep <laughs> issue of the movie that I didn't follow as well as I would have liked because it was a lot bigger. Well, I think it's more just left up to interpretation. It's yeah, it's because they don't touch on it's it's kind of peripheral. It's sort of in the background, I feel like, to the main action. Well, of but what's it's like the happening. main message. One of the main messages. War is bad. Love over war. That's so, you know. It's so Shakespearean. Fortune cookie. Yes. But I, <laughs> that's very much what this movie is. Oh, I know. But uh, I'm, I'm happy it's a romance. I think that's what makes it stand out from Miyazaki's mm. movies. Because he explores love and like maybe sort of crush type love almost in some of them. Like in what? Crush type. Like more childlike yes love romance but this is like a real like happily ever after romance you know and he wants more of that juicy stuff oh i love that well it's almost maybe it, do you agree with zeleni listeners <laughs> that maybe we should cover more <laughs> of that what i didn't say we should cover more of that i'm just saying that i love seeing a romance within like this animation style of Miyazaki it stands out to me it's just like you expect romance from drama or live action or you know I mean you expect it in every Disney movie too but it it, I feel like maybe House Moving Castle is the closest to like a fairy tale that's cool that Studio Ghibli gets too good to know right I don't know I haven't seen that many because there's not really many others that explore like eternal love thing Mm -hmm. and like her cleaning thing is almost Cinderella-like, you know, in the castle, the prince. Very. It's a little of that. It's interesting if you think about how Hal's castle represents this sort of like 
peasantry, industrial kind of representation as opposed to these other castles, which were more like palaces with guards and all right, that. Right, right, right. So it's an interesting just kind of contrast of the different messages coming through with these characters, what they stand for, and kind of what they represent through the animation style of their castles. So it's just an interesting thing Mm -hmm. to think about yeah 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 well anyway i guess that's my final epiphany for this episode we've talked about a lot and we both really like this movie yes one of my faves for sure i'm really glad that you turned me on to it yeah thank you i'm glad you went you're able to go and yeah i just appreciated it more this time around maybe i was paying better attention to just the plot because i get lost as you all know (laughs) But this time I didn't get lost, miraculously. So I just enjoyed it a lot. I feel like I, I understand it now, at least. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a lot of fun talking to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> get out of the studio. <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard today, let us know. We would like to hear from you and what your thoughts are about this podcast. It is Heike Book Club. Uh, you can find it on iTunes or Google Play. And you can tweet us at Heike Book Club. We're also on Instagram, and we have a pretty active little channel there. And no, on Instagram? We don't, we're not active on no, Instagram? No, we're not. We're active on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> and I guess we're moving to releasing episodes on Tuesdays slash Wednesdays, <laughs> as scheduling permits. As scheduling permits. Um, yeah, for right now. Uh, for right now. Until the foreseeable future. We're under construction. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're doing our best to keep up. And we are. Uh, we hope that you are also having some patience with us uh, while we navigate our release times. And um, hopefully we don't ruin your awesome Tuesday morning run by not having it released <laughs> by Tuesday morning. But still thank you so much for listening reach us uh you can email us at at highkeybookclub at gmail.com if you have any requests or comments you want to share with us and share with your friends subscribe write a review we'd love to hear from you but until next week you'll be hearing from us